Welcome back to True Crime on Easy Street, your favorite local podcast over here. I, my name is Katie Givens, and I am still not a lawyer. My name is Scott Wright, and I'm a mediocre journalist, and I hate this song. If only the person who wrote and performed this song was here so that I could tell him to his face. <laughs> oh, wait. He is. <laughs> and I'm Kelly Turner. I'm still not a doctor, and I'm backing up because I'm in between <laughs> Scott and Shane today. Shane Givens is here with us today. Welcome, I don't know why. Shane Givens. He has a ghost story, I think. He does? We're going to get to it. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All of that for two words. Yes. We didn't give him his own microphone. No, so we did not. Well, that's his fault. <laughs> We're just rude like that. Guys, it's Halloween season. All, all, the whole month of October, it's it's Halloween, it's fall, it's pumpkin spice. Mmm. Mm, pumpkin spice, everything. Why? Right? I'm, I'm getting that this is your most favorite holiday. It's my most favorite time of the year. Okay, cool. She October is, is She magical. is white and a girl. That's true. She must love Halloween. And I'm wearing the most obnoxious pumpkin shirt. Oh my God, that is a pumpkin. You've ever seen in your life. I thought you just spilled something on you. With yeah. your Hocus Pocus cup? Yes. Don't forget? Yes. Wow, it's so very... this is going to be festive extra. <laughs> so white. Exactly. And I smell like uh, I've been burning a candle in in my house and it's it's pumpkin something. Well, that's know. better than the way I smell. You've already accused me of smelling like alcohol since I sat down. You do. Well... <laughs> I thought Scott that we were he poured to. it on him. He actually that was that was his throat. <laughs> <laughs> he spilled a lot of alcohol onto his throat somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome. We're so glad to have you here to celebrate fall. And to do that, we're kicking off our first fall or our first October episode ever. Yep, ever with some haunted Alabama. How about that? Do you guys feel scared yet? Yeah. Are, are you scared? I think Shane has a new sound Shane's effect he would buttons. like to play with. Nope. <laughs> that's the that's the. I knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. So. Oh, no, there, there it is. is. Somebody there found it. it. Why don't Why not let the girl who knows how to run the thing? There it is. Yeah. All right. I like it. That's spooky. Let's don't overdo it. Now that he knows where the button is, I fear the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so Alabama is an incredibly haunted place. Did you guys know this? I know a little bit because I read 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey just this past week. The first one, the original from 1969 or whenever it is. Okay. I I read read that that in elementary school. Yeah. I just read it for the first time last week. I'm not insulting you by saying that. I'm just saying it was my favorite thing. If you go to the, to the center elementary school library and you check out that book, if it's old enough, you'll see my name. Your fingerprints are all over it. You'll see my name in it. All right. I loved it so much. Well, I do love a good, a good haunting. So I'm excited. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I was at 13 Alabama Ghost and Jeffrey. You should read it for yourself and find out. Was Jeffrey not a ghost? He no, is. Jeffrey is also a ghost. So, so I think there's 14 ghosts. 14 Alabama Ghosts featuring Jeffrey? I, that, that's what I would have done, but... Right off the bat, it's that was a year but you're before a mediocre I was born. Yeah, and I'm a mediocre at best. And this, so the lady who wrote those books is a, is an, a well established author. She was very much <laughs> well established. Yeah, <laughs> so. as opposed to myself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, it's fine. You deserve that for making fun of my pumpkin shirt. I knew that I had to wear my armor when I came in and sat down in here yeah. with you guys today. It's fine. That's okay. I always do. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start this episode off with a ghost story. That's it. From the one and only Shane Givens. Shane, take it away. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that unlike 
Ghostbusters, I am afraid of some ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ray Parker Sr., he is not. I've been places with all of you, and every time that you all suggest that we do anything haunted, I'm immediately out. <laughs> and yet you sit here with us today. I have a ghost story. All right. Maybe this is why I'm so scared of ghosts, although I, I think that it would, I think this pre- my fear of ghosts predates. Maybe you could cleanse yourself by telling me. Can I, this story can I just today. do this because it's going to bother me the whole episode? Yeah, it's okay. Ray Parker Jr. Oh, I know. I just meant maybe Ray Parker Sr. Oh, I didn't get your joke. Yeah. That went over I, my I don't head. think I don't think anybody did. Do we I don't have think a sound effect for that? that anybody? That went over my head? Oh, there it is. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever gets Scott. Scott Thank Rides. you. I deserve that. <laughs> Air quote jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Ergo, his brief time as a stand-up comedian. <laughs> hey, that career's not completely in the toilet yet. It's no, just it's no, no. around the rim right now. No, it's in. No, it's, yeah, it pretty much is. It's already made its way to the ocean. <laughs> well, it was a joke about. No, just no, it's okay. Yeah, this was about two thousand six or seven, and at the time, I was living in Birmingham, Alabama. Right on the edge of the Irondale-Birmingham line. And as we all know, but you may not know at home, Birmingham was well known for the steel and iron industry. Um, Had a lot of iron and steel workers there back years and years ago when conditions were not perfect. And as a consequence of that, there were mill houses everywhere across the landscape of Birmingham and Irondale and Pelham and the other surrounding cities around Birmingham, and I, at one point, lived in one of those mill houses that when, when you walked up and looked at it, you could tell it was a house that um, people had tried to make look a little more modern, but it was, like Scott Wright, really old. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of this today, so I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for this. Just really old. You know what I mean. <laughs> Good thing you spilled all that alcohol in return. Yeah, it's really yeah. old. It and won't matter sm- to me now. Smelled like cigarettes and vodka. <laughs> <laughs> At least I've contributed something to this story. So immediately upon moving into this this house, I uh, I thought, um, well, I hope this place isn't haunted. You know. Did you really think that? I do. You look at it, you're like, man, I hope there's not any ghosts in here. Because the house just had that look. It just had the feel, you know, like it was just mm-hmm. old. It looked like something bad had happened in there. I didn't know that at the time. Wow, I love the way he's building this drama. <laughs> well, so, um, no, it's not. It, 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 it's a very short ghost story. So uh, one night uh, after several months of living in the house, I was laying in the bed, you know, and... Um, you know, that's when, I, that's when all the ghosts come out, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I've, I've got this, I was asleep and uh, I woke up and I got this very cold sensation and I thought, man, it's cold in here, but it wasn't, you know, it's been the summertime, so it shouldn't have been as cold as it was. And uh, I opened my eyes and there was a man sitting on top of me and he was dressed in um what i would imagine an iron worker would have been dressed in from the 1920s or 30s and he had on like so, some sort of overalls and a denim something hat, right engineer looking hat and he had his hands on my shoulders and he was sit, sitting across my midsection 
and he was probably three or four inches away from my face. Our noses. Nice. Oh my gosh. Was it Hubie? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I did call for Hubert. <laughs> Our friend Hubie Latham couldn't be here today, but uh, and that's why I just uh, threw his name. But up. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk, and I couldn't move anything from my neck down. I guess. I mean, I I could blink and move my eyes, and I was looking around the room, but it felt like the rest of me was paralyzed, and. uh he just stared at me, just right in my eyes, eye to eye, three or four inches away from our faces. He didn't look like a ghost. He looked like a real person. You know, I couldn't see through him. Uh, that was what I was going to ask. Could you feel the pressure of him sitting on you and pushing yes. against your shoulders? Yes. Okay. Was, Are you sure there was not a real man in your house? holding me down. Now, I had met a gentleman earlier that day that bought me a lot of drinks. And uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not that night. <laughs> Anyway, so I stood there. I was horrified, of course. And then I, 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 I was able to turn my head and look over to my left. And just off of the bed, there was a woman standing there in an old dress. Um, no color to it. You know, like what you would picture someone from that time period wearing. A, like Little House on the Prairie kind of looking. All right. It's like, an old, like a floor length floor length dress and she's just standing there with her arms down to her side and she's staring at me and the look was one that that said what are you doing here like you were in the wrong place yeah oh my. and i felt that way too <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doubt anyway um that went on for a few seconds and then it was just gone did both of them disappear at the same time? Yes. As you looked, they disappeared. Yes. It was like I blinked and they were gone. Okay. And uh, so, uh, as I was moving out later that night, because <laughs> 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 I am afraid of some ghosts. <laughs> no, I did a little research on it. I thought that it was, it, was so, it was so frightening and so real that I did some research on it, and I was just sure that some tragedy had happened. In the, I couldn't find anything else out about it about the house or or anything like that but but you know well is that a common refrain i mean does anybody know is that something that happens in these old mill homes i mean i'm assuming we're talking about a company town right where if, if they all worked in in this uh yeah it was, a, it was just mill. rows of kind of yeah the, the sort of the company town type setup i mean mill houses. surely bad things happen there over the course yeah. of the 60 or 70 years that but you know there were several of them and they've been tried they've been modernized and it, mm-hmm. it was just a, a subdivision at that point uh, of of several of these little little houses, right? Um, but I never I never experienced that again while I was there, and uh, I guess I, I I got the feeling that they were just checking me out. Did you tell? I, I think you've told me that story before in years past. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this happened what you said about fifteen years ago. Yes. So any anything else like that ever happened, or you ever hear about anything else like that happening in the same house or the same neighborhood, or was it something that was? No, that was the uh, to that area. That was no. I don't. I know. I, okay. I, I didn't really speak of it. Oh, you didn't? No, I, I was terrified to I got talk you. about it. How okay. long was it before you could tell somebody the story? Did it take uh, a minute? Yeah, yeah, it was years. Yeah, I like think, I just kept it to wow. myself. I tried to do a little research about newspapers in the area at that time, just to see. And I, you know, I thought I was going to open it up and find out that 
and find a picture of these two standing, yeah. and, you know, and that it was their home. Or it something. was their home, and, they, and yeah. he had brutally murdered her. Or so, I don't know, you oh know. But no, I didn't find, I didn't see anything like that. But you know, and then I did. I, after a long time, I would I started telling people about it, and of course, you know, they were like, "Well, you were probably asleep and dreaming." But it, 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 it and maybe I was. It certainly didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. I would not have. Yeah. You uh, said your your eyes were open, so you could see the room around you too. Yes. Your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was te- I was just plain out terrified for a long time after that, and that was you. You had a roommate at that time. Mm-hmm. Was it Was it Hubie? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, that's why I made the Hubie joke. I figured it was Hubie when when this took place. Yeah, I didn't even tell him. I didn't. I mean, you know, why would you? Yeah, that was, that's just asking for trouble. Yeah, I'd rather deal with the ghost than be <laughs> thinking you've seen one <laughs> than, than telling him I was scared of ghosts. <laughs> How Hubert, I can't imagine how he would have reacted to that. Hey, shout out to Hubie Latham. Thanks for being the butt of every joke we've told Aww, so far today, Hubie. We, we love you and we anyway, miss you. Anyway, that's it. He for sure does not listen, Scott. I don't know why. We, uh, you could shout out Selena. Hey, Selena, yeah, uh, Hubie's our... older sister. Selena has been uh, texting us for the last couple of days trying to help us out with some new uh, topics of yes. conversation. And that is her, uh, she is Hubie's older sister. And so Hubie doesn't listen at all. Let me see what I can do about that. Okay, yeah. And her name now is, is Selena Connolly. Connolly, right. Mm-hmm. right. Yes. So, hello. Yeah, shout Selena. out to Selena thank and you. Hubert. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Shane, thank you so much. That is very scary. Oh, oh thank oh. you so much. Like he pretended to actually get the applause. My he knew exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, man. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he's got applause written on that button in Sharpie. I'm sure he knew that that was the right <laughs> button for that. All right. Thanks so much, Shane. So we're going to get to the rest of Alabama. So here's another place in Birmingham. If you look up ghost stories in Alabama, Mm -hmm. this place is going to be in the top of your list. Okay. Um, It's going to be one or two or, you know, it's going to be up there. And that place is called Sloss Furnaces. It's Mm -hmm. located in Birmingham, Alabama. Kind of a tie-in to what Shane was just talking about, those same mill houses. Exactly. So following the Civil War, Birmingham's Sloss Furnaces became the primary source for pig iron needed for steel products all over the country. And in the 1900s, James Slag, S-L-A-G, was his uh, nickname, Wormwood, was a foreman uh, on the graveyard shift at Sloss Furnaces. That sounds spooky already. Yep. And he led a group of over 100 workers who lived in the cramped housing on the furnace site. So they're all, they're all living there. They're working. He's forcing them to take dangerous risk to speed up production. So they're, they're having these terrible working conditions under him. And he's, you know, just ruling with an iron fist. Okay. On his watch, 47 workers died, and many others were maimed and injured to the point of being unable to work. There was an explosion that left six men blind. So one night in October of 1906, the workers had had enough, and they fed slag to the furnace, according to rumor. Like somebody bumped him into the red hot boiling cauldron of melted iron. Exactly. This is this is rumor has it. So after the mysterious quote disappearance of slag, workers then complained of an unnatural presence in the work site, and even some complained of being pushed from behind. Others claimed to hear a mysterious voice telling them to get back to work. 
Three supervisors were found unconscious and locked in a small boiler room. They claim that a burned man yelled at them to push more steel. (laughs) Hundreds of reports of paranormal activity surround Sloss Furnaces and police reports. Uh, Fox's paranormal team named it one of the scariest places. So it's actually been visited by some people who do this for a living. Like some of those shows that we all can stream now if we choose to that that go and investigate ghost stories. Right. right. Um, So during Halloween, you can walk through and see it for yourself uh, at the Sloss Fright. I have never done that, but I have heard that it is a good time and it's very dangerous. I mean, it's those old original steel Mm -hmm. stairways Mm -hmm. and... It's it sounds too dangerous to me to even contemplate going to, well, it's but very it's a pop- big deal. Yeah. yeah, every year it is Halloween. A, it is a very popular so you Halloween guys have both attraction. Done it? I have not. No. I have not. And I've always I've always wanted to, but in high school I wasn't allowed. And then in college I literally never had a weekend off in October. Like right. I worked, and then I got married, and y'all just heard what he said. He. He's not going with you to Sloss Furnace. He possibly had one of these workers in his home, yeah. <laughs> Birmingham, <laughs> staring at him. Uh, I don't know if it was slag or not, but Shane didn't mention anything about the guy being burned. So Boy, obviously I'd love wasn't to know slag. what his original home address was when he lived and worked in Birmingham and see if we can match it up with where Shane lived. That might be interesting. Exactly. But apparently slag will um, yell at the workers, maybe push them from behind, things like that. So you may have, if you go there, Anytime during Halloween, you may have a slag. That sounds like the management experience. team at our sponsor, Easy Street Restaurant Bar and Performance Hall. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't figure out another way to get that in, but I wanted to make sure we did it. Okay. So another place in Alabama that's going to be at the top of your haunted list is going to be the Jemison Center of Old Bryce Hospital. Mm. This is in Northport, Alabama. The Jemison Center is also sometimes called the Old Bryce Hospital. And what was Bryce? Do you guys remember Bryce? Absolutely. Yeah, that was the state mental hospital uh, for what? Over a hundred years, I guess mm-hmm. uh, it was still there. I think the area that you're talking about maybe was shut down when I was a student at in Tuscaloosa in the early '90s. Mm-hmm. But we all still drove by it very uh, reverently. I mean, it was mm-hmm. off behind trees, but you could see the couple of the three or four story buildings. Is that the one that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm and familiar. it was in the early 20th century, and it's known as the Old Bryce Hospital. Yeah. Um, so accounts of the building. So let's let's talk about. The conditions there, they were deplorable. Patients were mistreated. Uh, The staff was overworked. It was understaffed. Um, It eventually closed down and was left abandoned. But people still go there and seek out a thrill here and there to try to see. So visitors say they've heard uh, disembodied voices, footsteps, and slamming doors. Others claim they've had more violent uh, encounters uh, where their hair may have been pulled or they may have felt they were being kicked. Um, But I wouldn't advise going and doing this. It's very dilapidated it's it's not a safe place to walk around and especially at night when you're trying to sneak in somewhere you could seriously be injured because it's not yeah. a place that you can just walk up and visit now it's it's um, oh i'm sure it's behind high fences and yeah and so i would just be careful but a lot of you know there are so many ghost stories that surround old mental hospitals because of how 
horribly the patients were treated and all of the experimental procedures and things that were done to poor individuals who were suffering from mental illness. Yeah, before mental health was really something that, that the medical community tried in any sense to deal with other than to just put them away somewhere, and right? And do experiments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a long time. That, that was it. And so... Some people feel that because the conditions were so horrible and so many of them were mistreated and abused and, and they died there, that their spirits still haunt the places and cannot be at rest because of, of how, horrible, how horrible it was when they died. Right. So there's a, always, a, always ghost stories surrounding old mental mm-hmm. checks out mental hospitals. Mm-hmm. And this Alabama is no exception. We right. have one, like I said, in Northport, Alabama. All right. Are you guys ready to travel to Montgomery, Alabama? Okay. Okay. So there is a tavern in Montgomery, Luca's Tavern, during the 1820s and 1840s. Uh, Luca's Tavern was a favorite place. It was a very upscale night place uh, where the travelers could come. They could stay. They have a you know a nice clean bed and a good meal. You know, the owner was Eliza Lucas and they enjoyed staying there. Travelers liked um, to come there and it was it was kind of a fancy place right. at the time. Um, General Lafayette, who stayed there in 1825, enjoyed a dinner feast of a variety of tavern fare. I'm curious to you know what they it served did. in taverns in 1825. Do you have a menu list? Chicken. Or? Okay. Ham. All right. Vegetables. Mm-hmm. Pudding. Sauce. All right. Sweet pies, fruits, and strawberries and plums along with wine. Exactly like the lunch buffet menu every day at Easy Street Restaurant, Bar, and Performance Hall. Is that too much? Uh, Is she going to cut that out? I don't know. Yeah, probably. So, Eliza... She ran the tavern. She raised her family. Um... She was very hardworking. She was very motivated. She was very nice to her guests. She had a really nice business. Uh, In the 1840s, it became a private home for over 100 years. The building was abandoned in the the 1960s. But then the Landmarks Foundation stepped in in 1978 and moved the famous tavern into Old Alabama Town. They restored the tavern. It was completed in 1980. And the spirit of Eliza Lucas became active in that same year. After they renovated the tavern and they got it back to looking really nice and they saved the place, Eliza decided to show back up and hang out. Is there was there some tragedy? No, she in her was, life. She just hey, yeah. they they fixed the place. I want to come hang she out there. It. Her spirit. She liked it. In this, I got you. So the most common sighting of Eliza is uh, a five foot three inch woman dressed in a Victorian dress, waving cordially and smiling at people passing by while she stands at the doorway of the tavern, which is her favorite place. Mm-hmm. And then on a Saturday morning in 1985, a man came inside, and he wanted to meet. Um, Eliza, and uh, he had his first encounter at the front door with her, and she not only appeared to him, she appeared to various staff, she um, appears to the guides who were taking them through, you know, taking people through. Um, She herself uh, is a member of the Governing Old Hull Historic Committee, 
and uh, she is well thought of and appreciated for her presence. She will take objects and move them around a little bit. She does like to rearrange. She'll straighten up, you know. So she's like Eliza the friendly ghost. She is. She is. (laughs) Got it. Yeah, so... She may rearrange some things here and there, and that's kind of how they know. Eliza didn't really want that there. She wanted it over here, this little trinket or doodad or whatever you want. Do we have an address? I'd like to go the next time I'm in Montgomery, Uh, if I'm not asking too many questions. No, you're not. Actually, um, let's just, we can do a quick search here. If only I hadn't left my phone at work again today. If only you brought something. Well, at least it won't ring in the middle of the show. That is a very good point. So let me just see here. Where where are we going to be? At Lucas Tavern, I'm showing. Mm-hmm. It is at 301 Columbus Street. I don't know where that is. In but the next time I go to Montgomery, I'm going to check it out. Because if there's anything that I like to do for an afternoon, it's hang out in a bar and do nothing else. <laughs> well, maybe Eliza can hang out with you. If I see her, I will come back and report. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to move to... Lynn, Alabama, L-Y-N-N, Alabama. Never heard of it. I have, but I don't know why. Okay. So on Highway 5 in Lynn, Alabama, legend has it that a teenage girl was returning home from the prom with her boyfriend in his truck, and they got into an argument, as you do on prom night, Mm -hmm. especially if you go... With someone other than a friend. If you go to the prom with a friend, you can have a great time. Great time. If you go with your significant other at the time, there's going to be an argument. 50-50 chance. Exactly. You're going home pissed off at each other that night. (laughs) I agree. Expectations are too high. Yes. (laughs) So, this happened. They got into an argument. The girl got out of the truck to walk home, but she never made it. Her body was found the next day in a ditch along the side of the road. Uh, She had been run over by a large truck, an 18-wheeler truck. And since then, her spirit has been seen at points on the highway between Natural Bridge and Jasper. Legend has it, if an 18-wheeler travels down the road on a rainy night, she will climb onto the side of the truck and peek inside to see if the driver is the one who killed her. Oh. And there's a pretty creepy YouTube video by two 18-wheeler drivers. The quality is pretty poor, but it's still pretty creepy, in which there is a girl in a long dress walking down the highway. The only thing about this story is I cannot find any kind of truth to it. Mm. What year did this, do we know what year this <laughs> supposedly took place? I mean, we're talking about no. pickup trucks and things, so we got to be talking about have no idea, and I can't find recent history. I relatively. can't find anything about okay. a young girl who was murdered on a highway in Lynn, Alabama, at any point in time. So, if any of our listeners out there know any kind of a real story that is connected to this, we would love to hear it. Email us at truecrimeoneasystreet at gmail dot com. Awesome. Yeah. See, that's the issue with a lot of these Alabama ghost stories. Rarely can I attach it to an actual. Crime mm-hmm. or murder that happened. Right. Now, at our live show, a few live shows back, mm-hmm. we did one about a house that was actually tied to a crime. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of the very few ghost stories that you can find in the state of Alabama that is actually tied. Now, yeah. the Sloss Furnace stuff, you know, that those were, and, and Bryce Hospital, those were definitely both d- terrible situations, but I'm not really sure if they actually push slag into the furnace or not. He just yeah. right. quote, you'll, disappeared. You'll, you'll never know. 
Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, having read that 13 Alabama Ghosts book just recently, it seems like a lot of those stories happened around the turn of the century, from the 18th century to the 19th century. I mean, we're talking over a hundred years ago. So it's, it's, there's nobody around who experienced that. So you're always hearing something that was handed down that was handed down. And that's what, that's what a lot of ghost stories are, are right. It's, it's folklore. So mm-hmm. it, yes, it's, it's the, and, it's and the idea. I mean, my, my, I've, my skin's crawling on my back right now. just thinking <laughs> about it, but I mean, mostly it's just, it's, it's, it's the Halloween season that it's mm-hmm. time to mm-hmm. share those ghost stories sitting around a campfire. Although we haven't said anything on fire in here yet today, but it's early. <laughs> It is very early. But, you know, I, I don't know how true some of these things are, but it's just what people do. We're human beings and we, we like to be scared. And, and I tried as best I could to validate any of the stories that I have and they're very few and far between. Yeah, so the one right. that we did, we did as a live show mm-hmm. because we wanted to tie in a, a true crime and a ghost story. Yep. And so we did that. And that, unfortunately, that's one of the very few ones. And we did it very well, if I might say so. We knocked it out of the well, park. Well, when I say we, I mean... Kelly mostly. No, yeah. it was everybody. Yeah. We not. It was great. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's go to Gulf Shores. Everybody like to go to Gulf oh, Shores. Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. Let's go to the Let's beach. go right now. Yeah. Let's go to Fort Morgan. Right. Fort Morgan is a masonry fort. It's located um, on the Gulf Coast at the mouth of Mobile Bay, and it is considered one of the most haunted places in Alabama, according to some. All right. Okay. They the. Quote, they say mm-hmm. it's pretty haunted. Uh, construction began in 1819 and was finally completed in 1833. The fort was named in honor of Revolutionary War hero General Daniel Morgan. And during the Civil War, a bomb went off in a room of the fort, killing several men. Visitors of the fort say the men can still be heard screaming. A young woman, however, is the most witnessed ghost. All right. What was she doing there? Well, she was attacked sometime during the 19th century. And she still roams the fort and the grounds looking for her attacker. So if you want to do a ghost tour and try to find her, you can do that. You can book it online. Just do a simple Google search for a Fort Morgan ghost tour in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And, uh, what they'll Go see like, for yourself. They'll turn you loose with a, a lantern and, <laughs> and a crudely drawn map and I say, hey, good luck it. with that. And if you yeah, book with so. Second Sight Paranormal TV, you'll be provided with ghost hunting equipment. Or you can bring your own. <gasps> well, so you can actually hunt for ghosts there. I might have to look up a list of what exactly ghost hunting equipment is mm-hmm. in order to make sure I'm mm-hmm. properly equipped. But yep. uh, I right. was able to find all of this with just a quick and easy Google search and search the fort and you can find all of that wonderful stuff online. The so miracles of modern technology. Yep. You can plan your whole entire October around going to all the different places um, in the state of Alabama that is haunted with the exception of Old Bryce Hospital. Why do I get a feeling you've already done that? I've <laughs> all right let's go back to birmingham okay birmingham is a very haunted city yeah i'm I'm learning the redmont hotel anybody (gasps) ever heard of that oh i stayed there oh Uh, yeah that's right did you have any experiences no i've never had a a ghost experience sadly scott have you i have not Mm. i have not I have a ghost in my home. That's a story for another day. That's your husband. His name is Kevin Turner. 
<laughs> He's never around. <laughs> All right. So the Redmont Hotel is home to a lot of ghost stories. Um, there's a phantom that walks the halls, terrorizing the maid staff. Uh, Clifford Styles purchased the Redmont Hotel in 1946, and he by all accounts that I can find, was a very, very strict manager. He was even uh, accused of being abusive to his housekeeping staff. And um, he had a walking stick. If they didn't do a proper job, he said to hit him with it. I mean, uh-huh. just basically beat the staff with it. Um, the spirit of Mr. Styles is thought to still walk the halls today where he has said if he is displeased with an improperly cleaned room that he'll pull the sheets off the bed he's just gonna make a bigger mess all right uh they have reported other people have reported that their toiletries have been mysteriously raked into the tub or into the floor if he doesn't like the way that it looks. That happens to me sometimes, but I think it was probably just me the night before. (laughs) Never sure. Well, the housekeeping staff at the Redmond Hotel say that they stay on their toes because they don't want to incur the wrath of Clifford Stiles. Wow. (laughs) So he's very motivational to all of the employees at the Redmond. Apparently are just a ridiculous thorn in their side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Probably the latter. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's go to Anniston, Alabama. Do you guys remember that? We've been there a couple of times. We have for the Black Widow case, Audrey Marie Hilly, and for the case of Mr. X and Mr. Y, the Hither and Yon case, Mm -hmm. Viola Hyatt. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's also where we learned where Rabbit Town is located, which I've learned since then that uh, Travis West, who is a listener of ours, hello, Travis, um, said he was yelling, Y'all know where Rabbit Town is, or something like that. He was like, because oh, he, he was listening. He said, "Kelly, you know where Rabbit Town is. You drive by it on your way to work." I've had three like, or yeah, four right, people. I've had three or four people since that episode first aired walk up to me and go, "You figured out where Rabbit Town is, right?" <laughs> the fact yes, is, I drive know. by it twice a week yeah. on my way to Anniston to work. And it's what White Plains so, area is that duh. it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. That was my fault. But anyways, we're back in Anniston, the Victoria Inn. Have you guys ever been to the oh, Victoria Inn or I, stayed there? I think so. Right. It's up on the hill on the right, and mm-hmm. it's surrounded by trees. It's a hotel now, or a, or a, a, a bread and uh, a, yeah, it's a hotel. A bed and mm-hmm. breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. okay. very pretty. Yeah. It is. I've been to a wedding there, and uh, it was a lovely wedding. Um, there used to be a restaurant there. There may still mm-hmm. be to this day. There was at um, one time because yep. I've eaten at that restaurant before. Mm-hmm. It's been yep. years it ago, but fantastic. Yeah, it was. Um, but the Victoria Inn uh, in Anniston. It was built in 1888. It was the home of the prominent Anniston family before it became a restaurant and a country inn. John McElroy was uh, a partner at the Aniston Land Company, and he built his home on the highest hill of Quintard Avenue. The family occupied the home for 25 years, and in 1920, the widow of Mr. John McElroy sold the house at public auction. William Coleman Wilson bought the house. He made the house his residence until 1949. Frank and Robbie Kirby became the next owners after Mr. Wilson died. And after the Kirbys died, the estate went to the hands of the Methodist Church. So they 
Now wow. own it. Yep. Yeah. The property was then purchased by a South Carolina developer to turn it into a country inn. Architect Julian Jenkins and contractor Earlton McCorder were tasked to turn the estate into what is now known as the Victoria Inn. In January of 2009, the inn was donated to the Jacksonville State University Foundation by Mr. McCorder. The Jackson Hospitality Services has been contacted to manage the hotel. And today there are various plans for improving the hotel further. And I think this is my information may be a little bit dated because I think it's actually completed and up and going. I feel like, like there was some updates and maybe some like a wing added to it. Mm-hmm. It looks really beautiful when you when you drive by it on Quintard Avenue there in Anston. It's a very beautiful place. Um, <clears throat> as far as the hauntings there, um, the hotel's restaurant is believed to be haunted by at least one spirit. Many guests as well as hotel staff have reported hearing footsteps, not just in the restaurant, but throughout the house. Music has been heard playing in the music room, even when it is completely empty. Many witnesses have reported seeing a female figure um, on the upstairs landing. There's also talk about glasses clinking just behind the bar. So, Scott, this is your kind of ghost. This is my wheelhouse. (laughs) I want to hang out with this guy. The ghosts are said to be that of the mansion's previous owners. So, they're not sure who, but I've listed many, many owners, so maybe it's all of them. Well, if I'm going to be spooked by a ghost, I may as well have some spirits in myself while I'm doing it. So, uh... (laughs) I do not have a problem with that. Exactly. So you can check that out there on Quintard Avenue at your leisure. Maybe maybe when we all load up in the car together and go to Sloss Furnace. (laughs) We can uh, stop there on the way. Stop by Aniston on the way down. And then spend the night in the Redmond Hotel. Yes. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. This next one is pretty short. Uh, We're in Etowah County. Alabama, which is, Etowah County is home to Gadsden, Alabama. Adjacent to us here in Cherokee County. Mm -hmm. We've done a lot of stories in Gadsden. Yep. And apparently there is a witch in the woods, the witch of Hines Road. Uh, The only thing that I can tell you about that is there is an episode of another podcast called True Crime and Chill. Uh, You can go to truecrimeandchill.com. Here's a plug for somebody that I really don't even know. Uh, They have pictures and the story. Um, You can access the episode using your favorite podcast platform but apparently there's a witch on Heinz Road that's it <laughs> I mean do we know what she's wearing how, how am I gonna I have recognize no idea so, so everybody has homework I guess check that out and see what you think all right there was a lot of comments about the area and some people said oh most definitely it's haunted there's a witch here and other people say I have lived on this road my entire life I've walked it I've never had any encounters with anything. Right. So you get it's all over all over the place when you search this. So that's why I was like, go check it out, see for yourself. Or go walk down the road. Go walk down Hines Road, Edwalk County. Yeah, go do that. Late at call night. us back and let us know how that turns but out. But don't terrify the people who live on the road, please. Lest they think you are the witch. Exactly. Maybe that's where this comes from. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. A, a self-perpetuating story. Exactly. Um, so one of our final ghost stories comes to us from the University of Montevallo in Montevallo, Alabama. And I actually have, we were we were going to have a second guest on 
the podcast with us today. However, because of her work schedule, she wasn't able to come and sit with us and record. Are we speaking of Claire Chestnut? We are speaking of Claire Chestnut. Uh, She is a graduate of Montevallo and she sent me uh, her notes about the ghost of Main Hall in Montevallo, Alabama, the University of Montevallo. So, Which is, Montevallo's what, north of Montgomery? Yeah, it's between Birmingham and Montgomery. Okay, all right. I don't know if it, oh, I, I know where it is. I don't yeah. think it. I don't know if it's right in the. I think it's closer to Birmingham. You're right. It Montgomery. is. Yeah. So yeah, that's where Kevin Green graduated. Uh, hello, Kevin Green. Hello, Kevin Green. Just in case he thought we were going to forget to mention him for the <laughs> seventh show in a row. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I know where Montevallo is. We I'm love sorry. Montevallo graduates. Yes, all we right. Do. So Claire sends us her her uh, notes. Let me read my notes first, and then we will. Go to Claire's notes and we will kind of compare from firsthand. So, the ghost of Main Hall on February the 4th, 1908, the Alabama Girls Industrial School, this is what it was named at the time, Montevallo. Right. A student named Condi Cunningham and her roommate were making hot chocolate on a chafing dish in their dorm room. When the curfew signal sounded, the young ladies began to clean up their items. In their rush, there was a container of alcohol there that they used as fuel for the burner. It spilled over and onto Condi Cunningham's nightgown. It caught fire. Two days later, she died in a hospital from her injuries, and it is said that she haunts Main Hall. People will see a ghost covered in flames. Others report hearing a woman running through the halls at night and screaming in the bathrooms. So it's pretty terrifying. Yeah, yeah. it does. All right, so <clears throat> here's Claire's take on it, who right. went to Montevallo and was there four years on campus, okay? And she went multiple times to do a ghost tour about this particular ghost over the course of her four years. At Main Hall. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she says, there are multiple ghosts on Montevallo's campus. The ghost tours are very common and they're very popular. There are typically a few ghost tours per year. They're led by alumni who are very knowledgeable about the history of the campus. So you get, it's like any other ghost tour that you get. You get a nice little history lesson if you've ever done one in New Orleans or Savannah. I love those because I get that history tied in with it. So she first learned about Condi on a ghost tour on Halloween, her freshman year. Well, she's just asking for it. Uh-huh. The tours aren't, uh, they're not really, she says, to make the students scared. It's just to have some fun on Halloween and tell some stories. The tour, um, they t- make people in the group turn off their phones So she puts in parentheses, so freshman Claire got in big trouble with mom, Jana Chestnut, because she was MIA for about two hours that night because she had to turn off her phone. So so she- she So the tracking device wasn't working. (laughs) Was shut down, correct. So she says the tour is centered around Condi and her story. They go to Main Hall, which is the dorm where her accident happened. Uh, the tour is somewhat theatrical because students from the theater department will dress up like ghosts. 
Uh, but the stories are very real and we know not to mess with them. So they are having fun, uh-huh. but at the same time, they're saying this was a real person and we're not messing with this. We don't want any bad juju or our yeah. mojo. In a or respectful way. Whatever, yeah. um, you know, from that, yeah. right? Okay. So, um, all right. Let me go through. They go into the main hall. They, they tell them the story. They have the theater department dress up as different um, people. Main hall is a very big girl's dorm with three wings. The third floor wing uh, that Condi live on, lived on is closed off, and nobody's able to live in the rooms on that wing. So that probably well, that adds just, to, the, yeah. to the story and... and So Claire says she never lived in Main Hall, but friends who did had spooky things happen to them. Connie has never been known as a mean ghost. So she would do things like leave doors to bedrooms wide open, unplug alarm clocks. Um, Some people say that you can hear her laugh or scream if you were on the third floor. Uh, the, The door leaving the door open or, or there is a door that is a big factor in the story. So Connie's face with flames appeared on her wooden door after the accident. The door was replaced with another when the face was noticed, but then the face reappeared each time it was replaced. So did I make that? Cl- it's it's yeah. the door to her room and her f- face in flames. It's a shape that looks like a, a head in appearing, flames. All right. And they take the door off and put another one on and then the face appears again. Uh, maintenance finally replaced the door with a metal door and her face appeared on the next closest wooden door on the hall. Mm. <laughs> so she's been told this is why um, the wing where she lived is closed off permanently. Just to keep down on the creepiness <laughs> level for a bunch of freshman girls who are away from home for the first time and are looking for a reason to be freaked out. Could anyway, be let's terrifying. just don't put them on the third floor exactly. in that wing. Exactly. All right. The library displays the original door with her face on it every year during Halloween. They keep it in very secure archives in the library. And she said before she was on campus, there was a sorority. Um, tried to steal the original door as a prank and to brag that they pulled it off. When they got the door in the elevator, the lights in the elevator shut off and got and they got stuck in the elevator. And Connie was basically saying, nope, not today. Put it back. <laughs> um, so she says, I've never heard of a story where someone was very scared of Condi. She mainly just likes to joke around and make students miss class by <laughs> unplugging their alarm clock or, you know, She just has fun with them. So she has included a picture of the girl from the theater department who played Condi on that ghost tour that she took her very first year there at Montevallo. And you can see, um, I'm going to turn this around. We can put that on social media for you guys to see. There's there's Claire and Condi. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't want to run into that. In a and, hallway or anywhere else. Right. And Claire's also included a picture of Main Hall. So thank you so much for that story, Claire. Yeah. We wish you could have been here with us to tell it in person, but we understand you're an adult now and you have a real job. Mm-hmm. So you can't just come hang out with a bunch of Bless podcasters. Plus her, <laughs> her heart. Yep. So guys, those are all my ghost stories for today. Do you guys have any that you want to share? 
Uh, now, I would just say that if you've never read uh, 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey, uh, go ahead and do it because I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Ghost stories have never really appealed to me. That's one reason why I never read that book in high school or, or in elementary school. But as I went through it over the last couple of weeks, there were a lot of interesting stories in there. And, you know, it's up to you how much you believe in them or, or how much it's just a it's just a tale to explain something that's unexplained to a group of people that lived 100 years ago. But I very much enjoyed the book and feel like I'm a little bit better of a citizen of the state of Alabama now that I have read. Well, and it does a great job of including a lot of history. Yes. And, it, and I it's love a really history. An interesting book. So it was yeah. it was it was interesting to me on that level, if not for the ghost stories so much. Right. But I still learned a lot. Right. Exactly. So Katie, any stories at all? None. I I go looking for ghost stories and I have none. When I was a kid, um, this used to be a prank. We'd live near a cemetery and they'd have you walk around it at night with a flashlight and you had to, but you had to keep your flashlight off and you just turn it on to let them know you made it halfway. Uh, and then you turn it back off to keep walking. There were a couple of times when I was in college that in Tuscaloosa back in the 80s, uh, there were ghost stories in the community. And I remember going on a couple of adventures around Halloween, maybe my freshman year, and, and looking for ghosts or maybe going to a uh, to a hayride over in Gordo where something spooky supposedly happened, but I don't remember ever being freaked out by an apparition. So Yeah. I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> Well, you guys have a great time this October, this Halloween season. Have a safe time. Yes, very if much. If you go out ghost seeking, don't go alone. Don't Take tell them friend. we sent you. No. Take a friend and and don't trespass. If it says no trespassing, don't trespass. Just just find the uh, haunted chicken house or the haunted uh, yeah. whatever that they do. That there's, a, there's some sort of territorium or something in Oxford yes. that you can go to and hmm. enjoy all kinds of stuff that, that they want you to come and see. So don't trespass. They say that the Tesla can see dead people in cemeteries. Like, because when you're, I drive a Tesla and when you're in it and there's people around, it'll show people. But they, I've seen on TikTok and, and this, that, and other that people will drive it through a cemetery and it'll show people on oh, the really? screen like there's people around you. Sounds like Katie has homework. No, yes, I keep meaning to do it. But as you've seen, my husband will not go with me. So y'all have to load up. We'll have, we'll to, go. have to go. If you take Shane, you have to video. Uh, yeah, he was like, absolutely not. That's awesome. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, happy October. Yeah, what a great first Halloween show we had. I love it. And if you have a ghost story, send it to me. Email us at truecrimeoneasystreet at gmail.com and we may feature it at the beginning of some of our other October episodes. Or at least creep Shane out with it. I love it. (laughs) Good night, everybody.